Welcome back to your Haunted Holiday. This is Lisa. And this is Lindsay. And we have another listener request today, Lindsay, and it's an interesting one because we wanted to do something scary, and I think this one is a little frightening. Okay, perfect. I'm not going to lie. When I was researching this, there was like one video I was watching where like somebody, like it was a video about like possession and demons, and I like just... I stopped it. I was too freaked out to to continue with that. But we're going to give you all the details that you need to know, everybody. This is a listener request from Dominique from Port Elizabeth, South Africa. And she sent us a wonderful note about how much she enjoys the show. And we just thought this was a really good idea. I love it. I, I know what the concept is. I read uh, Dominique's email and appreciated it so much. And I thought it was just such a cool concept. And I really don't know much about this particular topic. Well, you're going to learn all about it. It is totally crazy. This is Your Haunted Holiday covering the Dybbuk Box at Zach Baggins Haunted Museum. All right, Lindsay. So there are multiple Dybbuk boxes out there, right? At, at least it sounds like that. But I kind of want to go back to the origins of where this kind of was coined from. Now, a Dybbuk is actually what is said to be like a restless, malicious soul that is wandering around looking to possess somebody, essentially. Ugh, that is my worst nightmare. Yeah. So... Basically, it's just like this evil spirit that causes mayhem and tries to possess people. And it's actually a Jewish term. This is, you know, the Torah, I guess, does lay out like different types of demons that might be out there. And a Dybbuk is a type of demon that is talked about in the Torah. So that itself is not a new thing. Now, a Dybbuk box, however, is where they take that Dybbuk and they somehow entrap it into a case of some kind. But the most famous one, and really where it got coined, was all the way back in 2001, so not that long ago. Yeah, that's recent. Yeah, and there was a man named Kevin Manis, and he was actually at an estate sale. He purchased what looked like, you know, just like a wine box, which I had never really seen one like this before, but I would describe it as kind of a miniature cabinet that's meant to hold wine in it, and it's made out of wood. And he owned some kind of like secondhand store, and so he was always going to these different auctions and stuff like that to get stuff to sell there. So he buys this box, and then he realizes, gosh, this is like, you know, something that's been handed down for generation to generation. He was talking to the granddaughter that was doing the sale, and he said, are you sure, like, that you want me to take this? And she said, oh, no, like, I insist Oh, you need to take this, right? And she proceeds to explain to him that his her grandmother was actually a survivor of the Holocaust and that she claimed that they had trapped a Dybbuk in that box. And she basically kept it in her sewing room for years, never opened it, would never allow anybody to open it. So it had never been opened. 
And he's like, oh, okay. So I'm assuming at this point that he was kind of like, yeah, sure. Right. He's not a believer. Yeah. Must not have been a believer and just thought it was kind of a cool antique looking piece. Right. So he takes it to his store and there's a bunch of antiques in there. He opens up the Dybbuk box and what he found inside was some weird items, right? He found a couple pennies that were dated back to the 1920s. He found a couple different locks of hair that were wrapped in cording. Oh no, that sounds ominous. It does. He also found like a small statue in there that said Shalom on it. Um, there was like a candle holder with octopus-like legs inside, which sounds really creepy. So just like creepy stuff that almost sounds very ritualistic. Yeah, very strange. So he leaves it in the store overnight. One of his employees is there after the store had been locked up. And all of a sudden hears like crashing glass and all this commotion and calls him freaking out. Like there's some kind of intruder in the store. I don't know what's going on. Well, he shows up and there's nobody there. There's no intruder. And at this point, they don't, they're not really attributing it to anything. But that employee basically quits and is like, I don't know what the hell that was, but I'm out. Right. So then the next day is his mother's birthday and he wanted to get her something nice. And he actually thought, oh, she would actually love this antique wine box. Okay. So his mom comes into the store. With a demon in it. And he's been told there's a demon in it. (laughs) That's a fact. Unbelievable. I don't know what I would do, you know, but I'm a believer in these things. So, but if you're not a believer, I mean, it would make sense that you're like, eh, there ain't no cool box. Right. Cool. Whatever. So anyway, so his mom shows up to the store and he's like, Hey mom, happy birthday. Look what I got you for your birthday. You know? And she's like, Oh, that's cool. And he's like, this is this old wine box, you know, blah, blah, blah. He goes and he's like, hey, I'm going to go do some other stuff with the store while you're down here. So she's still down there with the box alone. And she said she looked at it and verbatim, I saw an interview with her. She said it was as though the box was looking back at me. She just had this horrible feeling. She decided to open the box. She opens it and she said immediately a cold breeze came through and she felt, in quotes, pure evil, is how oh she would gosh. describe it. Yes. So almost immediately, all of a sudden, she starts like almost becoming like semi-paralyzed. Like her mouth starts drooping, her eye starts drooping, and she actually is having a stroke. Oh my gosh. She realizes that she's having a stroke, but she can't do anything. Like she can't, she can't move. She's kind of like stuck in this chair across from this box that has supposedly now released some kind of demon in it. Right. So then, you know, the sun comes down eventually finds her and is like, Oh my gosh, like what the heck is going on here? They call 911. And apparently like she was really struggling because she knew there was something evil in that box. Right. Mm-hmm. And so she was like trying to point at it and like raise her arm to indicate like this box did this, but she couldn't talk. Like she couldn't hardly raise her arms. Like she said it was terrifying because not only did she know like she could be getting ready to die, like something's impacting her, 
but she was worried for her son who wasn't aware of this and she couldn't really communicate it. Wow. So really crazy. Very powerful spirit if that's what caused the stroke. Now, in my mind, I look at it, if I'm going to look at it from a skeptical point of view, I would think maybe she was having a stroke and that's what caused her to have that odd sense just about the box in the room. I mean, maybe she was being impacted, you know, with, with something else based, you know, more physically yeah. based. There's like a physical explanation. But, uh, you know... I don't know. I'll continue to listen to the rest of the story and I'll tell you what I think later. Okay. So, you know, I mean, I get what you're saying too. Like, you know, I would think like a stroke, that's something that's going on with your brain. Like there could be a lot of different things going on there. Right. Right. So he takes the box home and he still doesn't really know what's going on. Like in the hospital, for example, the stroke had impacted her speech so she couldn't talk and all she could do is kind of like point at letters and try to spell something out. And she would spell out like hate gift or, you know, stuff like that. Like get trying to say like get rid of that thing, but she can't. Oh so he takes it home and he immediately starts having these horrific nightmares. Okay. And let me read you a quote from him to describe what his nightmares were like. Okay. I find myself walking with a friend, usually someone I know well and trust, at some point in my dream. I find myself looking into the eyes of a person that I am with. It is then that I realize that there is something different, something evil looking back at me. At that point in my dream, the person I am with changes into what can only be described as the most gruesome, demonic looking hag that I have ever seen. This hag proceeds then to beat the living tar out of me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So he was having terrifying dreams. Now, not only did he start to have these types of dreams, apparently other family members started having the exact same kind of dreams. Mm. So, and I'm one of those people, like I have scary dreams from time to time and I hate that but the fact that other people are having the same dream right is a little alarming it adds right? some credence to it right if you've got other people that truly can come forward say yes i had those same types of reoccurring dreams around this time exactly now some of the other things that started happening to kevin manis in his home is there was the scent of cat urine around it there was also occasionally the scent of jasmine flowers hmm. And there was also apparently bug infestations. Oh my goodness. So Lindsay, nope. we were just talking about this this last yeah. weekend. Remember we were watching the movie Hereditary, which I hadn't seen before. And like something happened where like she opened the attic or something and like all these flies were there. And I was like, uh-oh, mm -hmm. I was like bugs. That's not a good sign. Like that. Never a good sign. No. And it's definitely not a good spirit. If there's 100%. I will say this is super random, but um, in my home, randomly last summer, I had probably like 20 flies just flying around my, my town home. Uh -oh. And it completely freaked me out. I thought for sure there was a possession happening somewhere nearby. <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to get rid of all these random flies. It just showed up out of the blue. I vacuumed them all up. That's how I got rid of them. That was the quickest way so a little little tidbit for you guys that's disgusting <laughs> use your vacuum gross 
Well, anyway, so bug infestations. But then another thing that happened to him. So he started researching it online one night, like super mm-hmm. late. And he f- ended up falling asleep at his computer desk. He woke up at 4.30 in the morning to what felt like somebody breathing on his neck. He also could smell the jasmine flowers that he occasionally smelled around this box. And then he saw what looked like a shadow lurking in his hallway. No, see, lurking, just that descriptor, that freaks me. It reminds me of like the hat man, which is a concept that terrifies me. Do not like that. So he basically, like his mom had this stroke, like they're starting to put stuff together, like this box is no good. So he decided that he was going to sell this thing on eBay. And that's actually where the original term of Dybbuk box was coined. He was pretty upfront with it. He's like, apparently there's a Dybbuk in this thing. Bad things are happening. And people on eBay sometimes are into this kind of thing. So please take it off my hands, essentially is what he said in the auction. So Kevin Manis sells this thing on eBay and it is purchased by the next owner. Now what I will say is every owner who has had possession of this box has experienced the smell of cat urine as well as jasmine flowers associated with this box. So this next owner claimed that it would actually like burn out the light bulbs in his house, like sometimes even shattering the light bulbs, which is terrifying. And he actually started having his hair fall out. Oh my gosh. Well, either that or it was natural, but hard to say. We don't know this guy. Exactly. So weird stuff started happening to this guy too. And then he was like, okay, now I've had enough. So guess what he does, Lindsay? But he bought this this box knowing that it was possessed. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, you get what you pay for. Exactly. So he also then sells it on eBay. (laughs) Good old eBay. Bound to find a buyer on eBay, I suppose. (laughs) So this next person buys it and they almost immediately like start having health issues. Like they're getting hives from head to toe. They're experiencing like actually coughing up blood. And so this guy decides, okay, I am going to contact some rabbis and I'm going to see if they can do something to like reseal this or like what, because this thing is basically tormenting me at Mm -hmm. this point. So he consults these rabbis. The rabbis apparently somehow were able to reseal this Dybbuk back into the box. He then takes it and he buried it in an undisclosed location. We actually only found out semi-recently, I guess, that he buried it because he never told anybody what he did with it. Like, he didn't want it to get found. He was Mm -hmm. just like, it's gone. And so then Zach Baggins comes into the picture. Of course, right? Zach Baggins is, of course, the host of Ghost Adventures on the Travel Channel but he also owns a museum of haunted artifacts, okay? He's a collector of all the, like anything creepy and weird, Zach Baggins is probably gonna wanna buy that thing, okay? Right. So somehow, you know, Zach Baggins is in touch with this person. They dig it up, okay? Oh my gosh. 
he gets this thing dug up, brings it to the museum, and now Zach Baggins has it in the museum in Las Vegas in a specific room there. Now, apparently, like, the activity that they're having in this room in particular, like, is pretty crazy in general, okay? Now, this museum has a ton of different rooms. We're going to talk about the tour a little bit, some of the different things they have there. But, I mean, it is it would be quite frightening, I think. So they get this Dybbuk box in there, and Post Malone is just hang happens to be hanging out you know with zach baggins in this unbelievable like how does this happen well and this made national news so basically they're in there kind of doing like a ghost hunt at night and you know this is on camera so basically zach baggins gets up the courage to touch this divic box okay so he decides he's gonna touch it at the same time that he's touching it Post Malone actually has his hand on Zach Baggins' shoulder. So they claim mm-hmm. like that energy not only impacted Zach, but impacted Post Malone because he was touching Zach at the time. Mm-hmm. But according to Zach, when he touched this thing, he felt this immediate jolt and he stepped away. And if you watch the video, he does step away almost immediately after touching it. Right. And according to him, it was one of the most terrifying feelings. It was like this dread overcame him and it was absolutely terrifying. Okay. I, you know, I remain slightly skeptical. And, and the only reason is, you know, I'm sure that, you know, he's been in a lot of haunted locations, right? And I have no doubt that he's experienced lots of interesting things, especially because of the locations he's been. But a bit on the dramatic side like everything is demonic and everything's evil and at least that's my take i wonder how much of it is for entertainment value um, here's what I, I agree with you and here's what i will say i do enjoy watching it sometimes <laughs> when they do these things you know like when they did the halloween special yes. you know when was that a couple years so, ago the only reason I even know anything about a divot box, and I, I didn't even really know exactly what it was, other than it was housing some sort of a demon, and I, you know, minus the history. I watched that live event that they did, I think on the Travel Channel, with Ghost Adventures, and I remember, if you guys are familiar with Josh Gates, he does a lot of different haunted stuff, he hosts a bunch of shows. I'm a fan, I love Josh Gates. So I'm watching this like live event on Halloween and the whole ending is supposed to be, oh my gosh, they're going to open this Dybbuk box. And I was like, what is this Dybbuk box? And open it, you know, and they're all like standing around it. Like, you open it, bro. You open it. You know, I, I don't think it they're was exactly like that. building up the courage. But the, yes, they're trying to build the courage up and it just kept going on and on. And I finally was like, they're not going to open this box. So I, I, I made an attempt that was completely useless i uh tried to instant message josh gates on like instagram or one of those platforms and said will you please just go in there and open that box <laughs> we are waiting like open this box i up mean already. i don't think i would like no, honestly I, I wouldn't now i would here's one thing that actually i think lends it credibility actually the fact that they didn't open that box at the end of that halloween special that was live where they had like a ton of pressure to actually open that thing in front of a live audience of probably millions of people. Mm-hmm. 
to me says they really do have some kind of fear of opening this thing. Maybe. That's true. I didn't think about it like that. I just thought, open this box. My goodness, guys. I mean, but I didn't know the history either. I kind of tuned in some like maybe halfway through. Some people claim it is the most haunted object in the world. Of course, that's debatable, right? There, there's a lot of other stuff out there that, you know, potentially could be. But they are having some stuff there. And what I will say, according to Post Malone, and this is not coming from Zach Baggins, but Post Malone himself said after that incident, they like left and he saw a shadow figure leave the haunted museum and follow him out. What? Yeah. What did. do you do? You got to like stop and like get some sage and be like, uh-uh, you got to turn around, dude. I don't Can't know. Come with me. But he thinks that he might have been cursed, at least for a short period of time, because not long after that happened, his house got robbed, he got mm -hmm. in a car crash, and his private jet crashed. Wow. So that was like kind of the rumor that this Dybbuk box had cursed Post Malone. And, you know, luckily it's been a little bit of time, so, you know, nothing else has happened since, thank God, right? But, I mean... They do seem to be quite scared of this Dybbuk box, and they didn't open it then. Yeah. Now, the other thing that I was kind of surprised by in researching this as well is, you know, where it's at in the museum, I guess, they've started to see what looks like a black cloaked figure that's standing kind of in that vicinity itself, okay? And it it, it is like terrifying people there. So several people have seen this black cloaked figure that's supposed to be really scary. And they interviewed the employee that saw it as well as the customer that was just on the tour that saw it at the same time. And they kind of played like what they experienced. And I gotta say, these people were quite shaken up, okay? like. I mean, granted, it could be acting. It's on television. But, like, the person that was the customer, like, they were physically shaking. Like, and, like, she's quoted to say, I can't get it out of my head. Oh, gosh. Yeah. The other thing that I think lends it some credibility, Lindsay, is listen to this. So, Janine, do you remember my friend yes. Janine from uh -huh. work? She was also in the Velisca Axe Murder House episode we did because she went there several years ago, right? She has been to this haunted museum, okay? She did the whole tour. They went into the Dybbuk box room. And apparently there's like two different doors that you could potentially exit that room from, right? She goes to leave this door. And apparently she felt what felt like a force in front of her. Almost like she ran into something she couldn't see. What? Yes. And so she turned around and went out the other door and oh left. was like, gosh. I need to get the heck out of here. She said in that room, there was a horrible feeling. And she's not a psychic. And that was the Dybbuk box room? Mm-hmm. She's not a psychic. Like, she is somebody that has total credibility with me. Like, she would never yeah. make something like that up. And she felt something there. I mean, wow, that really scared her. She didn't see the black cloaked figure, but I mean, I think that is quite substantial. I agree. Yeah, she does not come across as someone who would make just something randomly up. This is a woman who went to the Velisca Axe murder house and didn't have any, like, she didn't see anything really. She had a bad feeling, but, you know, she's got credibility.
So if you want to see this Dybbuk box, it is today covered in plexiglass so you can see it, you can go into the room, maybe you'll have an experience. I'm not sure if you want to, to be honest. Like some of it sounds quite scary. Yeah. But also they have eventually opened it, Lindsay, since that Halloween special that me and you saw so they did open it over quarantine like when their museum was closed and everything like they finally did it um and of course they experienced all kind of stuff and you know mayhem ensued right well i'm sure they caught it on video and yes all of it right okay so anyway it has been opened so I don't know if they've done anything to like reseal it or anything like that now, but like I think that's like makes it even a little bit scarier now if you're going because like who knows what's out there. And, right. Like they've released something even more than what was already there associated with this box. So good luck if you're going to go to this place. So this museum is actually pretty cool. Whatever you think of the the show Ghost Adventures, I find it semi-entertaining sometimes, you know. But there is a ton of really crazy stuff there. Like I said, he basically collects, like, all this stuff. Dr. Kevorkian's death van is there. He also has the bone fragments of Charles Manson. Like, some of his bone fragments. I don't even know how you would get that. Like, a lot of this stuff isn't necessarily considered haunted, but it's, like, so evil that, like, something must be attached to it or something, right? Right. Like, for example, they have Ed Gein's cauldron in this place. Do you know who Ed Gein is? I know the name. What? Give me a reminder. It is some disturbing stuff, okay? He is the guy that Texas Chainsaw Massacre is loosely based on. Mm -hmm. And he would, like, kill people and make stuff out of their skin and stuff like that. I won't get into details, but I have an image in my mind right now that's quite disturbing. Right. He bought a cauldron of Ed Gein's, and that's where Ed Gein would keep the organs. Oh, my gosh. First off, how does somebody even get this? Like, is this a family member of Ed Gain that eventually sold it? Or I don't remember. What? How crazy. I don't remember. But there's a show called Ghost Adventures Artifacts. You mm-hmm. can learn all about it. There's an episode on it. I watched okay. it. It was creepy. Now, there's also, of course, we talked about the Conjuring House. He has the Devil's Rocking Chair there, which is the one that lifted off of the ground when the mother was possessed. And that one's supposed to be really scary, too. And honestly, that's just a handful of things that are at this place. I mean, I think there's probably some stuff going on just based on the amount of energy that that must be there. Yeah, it's amazing to think that energy can follow items. But it's like Robert the Doll, for Mm -hmm. instance. We talked about that. There's other places like uh, we got a request to do an episode on the Titanic Museum, which we may do sometime in the future. And that place has all kinds of artifacts that have come from under the ocean and yet very possibly haunted. They've had real experiences. Yeah, totally. So if you go here, it is a guided tour. They'll, you know, explain everything as you go and show you all the different displays. Now, for general admission, it's $48, okay? Now, they also have what they call rip all access instead of like vip rip 
all access pass Mm -hmm. and that one is 79 dollars. you get like a special lanyard your tour's a little bit longer and you get to go to some different off-limit spots so maybe even more of a frightening experience that sounds cool i mean let me say this i mean as whatever you guys think of zach biggins like lisa was saying you know this museum does sound super interesting and i will say that episode uh, of the uh, the Dybbuk box that they did live on Halloween, I was like completely drawn in. I was ready <laughs> for them to open this box. So uh, it is entertaining. There's no doubt about it. No doubt. And also, here's the thing. Vegas is a great vacation destination, right? I mean, there's great things to do there that aren't haunted. And this right. is just a very simple, hey, we're done gambling. We've lost all of our money. Let's go to that that haunted museum that's not that far away. I think it would be a really good addition to a trip. I would definitely go. 100%. If I, I've actually, you know, seen it out there. And if I go to Vegas, which I'm sure I will at some point in the future again, um, I will be booking a ticket to go to that museum. Absolutely. Okay. So what a cool concept about the Dybbuk box. That is, that's one of our scarier things because it's pure demon and it seems to be really powerful to to cause some things to happen to people, some terrible luck. And and we know somebody that had an experience in that room. I know, unbelievable. I love it. So Dominique, thank you so much for the recommendation. That was fantastic. Okay, so really quick, last little segment of the episode. We got a very brief email from our friend Tom Castaños, um, who has provided us some good information in the past about our show and has done some research for us. Last week, we did an episode on the Casa Monica in St. Augustine, and Lisa brought up how yellow fever, there were lots of people being buried alive, and I made the, the kind of short story about people getting out of the grave and ringing a bell. Well, Tom sent us a, a quick link that gave us a little bit more information. And we could probably post this on our website too to show just a photo of how this bell situation worked because it's true, guys. They really were burying people alive. They were so sick. It was hard to tell that they were actually alive. And then they would recover and wake up in their coffin buried already. Like what a terrifying thought. So these things that Tom sent us a photo of are basically like a a contraption that goes into the coffin and they can ring this, this like bell or string or whatever it is that leads into the coffin. It goes up to a bell outside of the ground where people could hear a bell ringing. So if you heard a bell ringing, you went and you dug it up and you got the person out. That is terrifying. Totally terrifying. Thanks so much, Tom, for the information so we could provide it to our listeners. All right, guys, if you want to reach out to us just like Tom and Dominique did, go to yourhauntedholiday.com and click the Contact Us link. From there, you can send us an email, send us a recommendation, send us your ghost stories, all of the above. We love all of that stuff, and we might share it on the show. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we have a YouTube channel. And make sure if you are enjoying this show, please rate us five stars and give us a review. We really appreciate the reviews. They mean a lot to us. They help us grow our listener base. So everybody, thanks for listening. Have a great week. Thank you so much, everybody. Stay healthy and safe. Mm